20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Thursday, January. I almost said July. I wish it was July, but <laughs> thanks for this weekend's game. I'm kind of happy it's not January 14th. 2021 ladies and gentlemen the green bay packers are in the playoffs against the los angeles rams after last weekend's playoff performances we have congratulations in order and i will get to those in just a moment i am jacob westendorf i am your host and i am joined by lombardi's bar co-host packer report writer jimmy christensen jimmy that's a nice little jacket you got on tonight how you feeling oh it's not a jacket my buddy uh that lived here for a little bit uh, still hasn't moved all stuff out. And I came downstairs to record and I saw this little Brett Favre uh, old Jersey. And I was like, well, I guess I'm wearing that tonight. And so I threw it on. It's not even mine, but it's very comfy. I was going to say it looks nice. It looks like, so it's a Jersey over a hoodie then. Yeah. My basement's super cold. So <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to take my hoodie off. Okay. So we all have that in common. That's a good thing. And then joining us as always the star of the show and the family that we were all united with last week, because as I mentioned on the tweet machine last week, Ducks fly together, the household that roots for the Green Bay Packers and the Cleveland Browns, Maggie Loney. And the question that we have on our mind, of course, does Mark fully believe that the Browns game is actually over and that they did beat? <laughs> yes, we had a very nice victory Sunday and victory Monday and victory Tuesday. And we're going to enjoy it until this coming Sunday. Which we wish the Browns the best of luck as they will be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs at 12 o'clock. Uh, the defending champions against Cleveland Browns at Arrowhead Stadium. But that is not why you are here. The Green Bay Packers will be taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The first game of the postseason, they will, well, the divisional weekend, excuse me, they will be taking on the Los Angeles Rams after they dismantled Russell Wilson. The I believe the way that Tim Backus puts it, the preordained most valuable player. Uh, he was not on sun, Saturday afternoon dismantled by that Rams defense and the Rams punched their ticket Green Bay after the Chicago bears were defeated in new Orleans by the saints. My first question to you guys off of that is really what was your first impression of this Rams team on Saturday? Maggie, I will start with you as you watched that game unfold in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, honestly, I don't know if I was as much like impressed with the Rams as I was unimpressed by the Seahawks. And I don't mean any disrespect to the Rams, but just knowing the kind of offense that they have. And yes, the Rams obviously have the best defense in the NFL, but with DK and Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson, it just felt like they were never really able to get anything going. And, you know, I think one of the things that we've seen from the Rams defense specifically in the last seven games this season is in five of those games, their ability to force a turnover and score on that turnover, four pick sixes, a forced fumble. So I think that's kind of what we saw again against Seattle was just that that way to kind of take over the game with those turnovers. And Russell didn't even really look like himself. I think he was just so under pressure all game. And I said it with Perry on packs, what she said, but I really feel like all the Rams need is for Jared Goff to be a game manager, even with this thumb that I know we're going to talk about. And he can serviceably do that. And I think the Rams have a a pretty good shot, Um, not necessarily against the Packers, but I just think that they're a better team when Jared Goff can just be a game manager. 
And that was interesting. And the part that was really the most interesting to me was one that they went with John Walford to start the game. And one series in, he's or one or two series in, he's gone. He's knocked out of the game with an injury. Happy to hear that he's out of the hospital and functioning. Because obviously when you hear he leaves in an ambulance, your first thought is, oh, my God, what happened? But it turns out he's he's doing well. He's functioning, uh, not participating in practice. It appears Jared Goff is slated to start this Saturday. And we'll get to that here in just a minute. My impression was mostly one Aaron Donald is a monster and that Rams front is absolutely vicious, but I agree with you. I think that Seattle, you know, the Rams are a team, they match up really well with the Seahawks. Uh, They've, they played them tough twice this year. Uh, Even the game that they lost, it felt like a game that was in hand. If Goff could have just simply avoided some of the mistakes that he made, even the second time around in week 16, he just wasn't able to do that. And the Rams weren't able to punch the ball in from the goal line, which could have made that game look different than what it did in Seattle. They just kind of looked out of sorts. You know, Russ only threw the one pick six, but it very easily could have been two or three more. Obviously this weekend, that defense facing off against a quarterback that is, well, the best ever when it comes to protecting the football. Jimmy, what just some of your thoughts from Saturday after watching the Rams play. Yeah. The big thing that stood out and you already mentioned it too, is just that defensive line of the Rams is just, Incredible. Aaron Donald, obviously, but also Leonard Floyd just was everywhere. Uh, And they were getting to Russell Wilson, who is usually pretty hard to get down. Um, So that was one thing that really stood out. But it's also hard to really take too much from a game when it's division rivals that are playing each other for the third time this year. They're teams that are used to each other. Look at We lost to the Vikings this year. And last year, we barely beat the Lions both those times. So um, obviously... We saw, we saw some stuff from the Rams' defense. Um, Jared Goff had struggled a little bit because of that thumb. You saw some of those ducks go up into the air, but um, I'm just a little cautious taking too much out of a, a division rival game. That I would too, and I think that you know something that was pointed out by a friend of our show and actually one of our contributors that you guys will hear tomorrow is Andrew Mertig. Is, it seems like this week you know we always react, overreact or react, whatever way you want to look at it, to the previous week and what happened. And everybody's turned this Rams defense into the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens, the Legion of Boom, whatever great defense you want to put at. They gave up 35 to the Bills, 28 to the Dolphins, 24 to the Niners. They can give up points. And you guys heard some of this last night with, you know, Dusty and Steve and Sarah and, and that group as they went over the Packers offense against this great Rams defense. Uh, as we get to that, we have the Packers defense against this Rams offense, which we'll get to in a minute. But we did have some breaking news today. We had some interesting news on Monday that Jared Veltier was signed off of the Colts practice squad to provide some depth at the tackle position. And then today on Wednesday, it was announced he was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, which is a concern. Obviously, that's going to be something you, throughout the week, hold your breath with every single week. And we've talked about it all season. You know, you're one swab away from missing one of your players, even though the team is relatively healthy. And now the concern goes to how many offensive linemen are the Packers going to have available to them on Saturday afternoon. As of right now, it's been reported that the NFL has cleared them in terms of contact tracing, but there are more tests to be had. It is now they haven't tested on Thursday or Friday or Saturday. So that's three days worth of tests where the offensive line, and frankly, their depth at this point is pretty stretched on that front. Uh, Billy Turner and Rick Wagner are the only players that have NFL experience on the roster at playing tackle right now. And that's a concern, obviously, when you're going up against this front that all of us just mentioned. So my solution to that is put Billy Turner and Rick Wagner in hazmat suits between now and the weekend. And behind them, you obviously have uh, Ben Braden 
and John Runyon Jr. And you have Yash Niesman as well. But none of those guys are probably you want to throw in for their first start in a postseason game against a front that includes some of those guys like Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in football, Leonard Floyd, Michael Brockers, et cetera, et cetera. But Veld here on the COVID list remains to be seen what's going to happen with the rest of the group. But Maggie, just any general thoughts on Veld here and what that, I mean, you know, we talk about this every week and it's unfortunate, you know, we got to give this qualifier. It's, it's kind of gross that we have to talk about it this way, but we do. What are some of your thoughts on this, this group up front with their swing tackle now out for at least this week and honestly, probably next if the Packers are fortunate enough to advance. Yeah, I was kind of wondering where he would be if he would be a starter or if he was just brought in for that kind of insurance anyway. So I'm hoping it was the latter and we'll have healthy Billy Turner and healthy Rick Wagner for kind of the remainder of the stretch, whatever is left of this Packers season. But knowing kind of that Rick Wagner was a little beat up and, you know, after the Bears game, players are really excited to have this bye week to rest up. He'd been on the injury report with a knee injury, you know, kind of nervous thinking about, hey, what if something happens to one of these guys? But, you know, by all accounts, I think that Billy Turner and Rick Wagner have done absolutely fantastic jobs um, in any of the respective positions that they've played across the line all season. So hopefully they both stay healthy. Um, It sounded like you said, you know, they're in the clear so far with contact tracing. So fingers crossed it stays that way. He wasn't at practice today. So hopefully they kind of dodged a bullet there. Um, and then, yeah, everybody heals quickly and gets back to full health if there is another game to be played. I think that's what this is, is a sobering reminder that just anything, take nothing for granted, basically, that anytime you think the team is ready and able and healthy, which the Packers basically are, now if they play on Sunday, you know, Kingsley Kiki has not practiced. That's the only starter or preferred player, if you will, other than David Bakhtiari that will not be suited up. Now add Jared Veld here to that. I think he was brought in, as you mentioned, as a swing tackle as well. You know, the the unfortunate part is he was brought in as tackle depth and I like him as that insurance type of player. The The problem now, of course, is if one of those guys gets hurt, what do they do? You know, I think if Rick Wagner, knock on wood, were to get nicked up, John Runyon probably slides out to play left tackle. And those options at this point are really dwindling uh, down to almost none, which Jimmy, we've talked about this before, just that depth on that offensive line. And it really has been tested throughout the course of this season. Yeah, it's thankfully we have players that are versatile. So when players have gone down, we've been able to switch it around. But when you're in the postseason like this, that's not really something you want to do. The musical chairs that you've has you've called before is something you usually want to avoid during the season, especially when it's it's crunch time like this. And as the Smiths brothers said today, we got they got to finish. And uh it's gonna be tough with uh hopefully nothing happens, like you said, knock on wood. We don't want anything happening to this offensive line, but what a roller coaster of Oh, nice. We got some great offensive line uh, depth. To, damn, this could be really bad if something, if uh, anyone was, I don't know. I don't understand the contact tracing. I don't get how you're in practice and whatever, but I'm just really hoping nothing spreads and everyone uh, remains healthy. Yeah, that's obviously your hope because, like you mentioned, going against this front, the Packers would have been stretched on the offensive line if David Bakhtiari were healthy against this team, even more so with Turner and Wagner starting at those tackle positions. And now you're holding your breath and just hoping that those tests continue to come back clean and the Packers are able, and you hope this for everybody, obviously this is across the playoffs. The last thing that we or anybody in the NFL wants is for a game to be compromised with somebody missing 
their left tackle, their starting quarterback, any of the stars of the game or anything like that. Uh, anything. And honestly, you know, even the game last week, the the Cleveland game that we just mentioned, that game really was compromised and really a, a large kudos to the Cleveland Browns for be, being able to get through that and win that game. Because honestly, I thought the deck really was stacked against them to be missing as many players as they were and their head coach and still to be able to come out on top against the Steelers team that had really had their number for, oh, I don't know, since their inception. So Good for them on that, but that is the hope as we get into that. But that is where we're going to move forward into this matchup, the Packers' defense against this Rams offense. And the story starts for the Rams with their starting quarterback. John Walford started last week. Jared Goff is about 20 days, give or take, removed from thumb surgery at the moment, has some pins in his thumb, played last week. I think he deserves a ton of credit for what he was able to do last week. The stats aren't sexy. It's not going to look, you know, it's not going to go in the Hall of Fame. He's not going to get his jersey retired based on how he played last week. But I thought that he was pretty impressive considering what he was able to do, being thrown in essentially cold and throwing the ball the way that he had to. And it, from a Packers standpoint, it gave me a, a little bit even more respect for Brett Favre being able to play an entire season twice with a splint on his thumb just because watching Goff, there were a couple times he just had open receivers and just sailed the ball out of bounds. Goff has played in the cold a couple different times. This is a different animal this week uh, coming to Lambeau Field. The weather forecast right now has the temperature right at or around the freezing point, so around anywhere between 32 or 34 degrees, obviously with a few days left where that's subject to change. But he's played in weather like that twice, and the game that sticks out in my head is now two seasons ago where he played in Chicago, and the Rams lost that game 15-6, to and they got dismantled. Jimmy, let me start with you. What's your confidence level if you are Sean McVay in your quarterback's ability? Do you think this is a game where with a compromised thumb that you're just going to take the ball completely out of Goff's hands and hope that you can just ram the ball down the Packers' throat? Looking at the teams I've been able to beat us, that was the Vikings MO. They did that to us. Granted, it was super windy in uh, Lambeau Field at that time. Going back to our last playoff appearance last year, that's what the San Francisco, same coaching tree as uh, McVay. That was their strategy, just run the ball. Um, I could see, and Cam Akers is playing really well too, so it's not like they're going to be straying too far away from a game plan. Cam Akers has been doing extremely well. He had over 100 yards last week, so... I could definitely see it. They don't want Jared Goff to lose a game game for him. Um, and as Maggie mentioned before, he's kind of – they need him to be a game manager. And one of the ways to do that is making him just grab the ball, hand it to your really talented running back. Uh, and you mentioned he's just 20 days out of thumb surgery. Your joints get a little more stiff when you're in uh, cold weather. So you're having surgery, you're playing football, you're in a cold atmosphere. I think they're going to want to limit Jared Goff's impact on this game as much as possible and – running the ball is definitely a way to do that. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. 
So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. And Maggie, we're in the NFL postseason now, though, and a lot of times that game does come down to the quarterbacks. And when you're facing Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field, you mentioned the game manager label, which is kind of an icky label for quarterbacks. Is what am I, five years old, icky, but whatever. Is that something? Can the Rams come into Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers and the number one scoring offense and basically play? that close to the vest and beat green Bay that way. Um, I think the answer is kind of yes, just because of what we saw against Seattle. And I'm not saying Seattle's offense is quite to the caliber that this Packers number one scoring offense is, but I think that we saw, you know, again, from Jared Goff, he didn't have stellar numbers. He had 155 yards. He had nine completions and his running back had 131 yards on the ground. So, I mean, I think that's kind of the difference is he just had to be serviceable and seven of their points came off the defensive touchdowns. So, you know, the Rams weren't really, they kind of maintained a lead from the jump and then did just enough to stay out in front. And I think honestly going into Saturday, the best defense for the Packers is to do that to the Rams and jump up a couple scores because we've seen from the Rams team this season that it's kind of hard for them to play from behind and actually play catch up. And, you know, if you can force Jared Goff to throw the football in the cold, um, I think they said he had pins in his thumb, but I can only imagine what that metal feels like when you're trying to grip a football. We saw how swollen his thumb was on the sideline on Saturday when they kept flashing the camera to him when John Wolford was in. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the best kind of weapon for this Packers team is to neutralize their ability to get Cam Akers rolling and, you know, kind of force some of those deep shots because this so far this season is a Packers team that has played a lot better in their passing defense. That they have, and they've been one of the best defenses in the NFL at limiting big plays. I think you guys are getting to one of, I think, the big keys is, and that is to force the Rams into third mediums, third and longs. And the way you do that is you slow down Cam Akers, you slow down Malcolm Brown and that nice little stable of backs that they have in Los Angeles and force Jared Goff to beat you. And I really know, I think you're asking Mike Patton to some degree to change his spots a little bit and force him to stop the run. But we've seen him do that when they went up to San Francisco this year and he basically played that six man front and forced the 49ers to throw the ball with Nick Mullins. Now, Jared Goff, even with a broken thumb is better than Nick Mullins. And I think that the Rams as a whole, especially in this game, will have more weapons available to them than that 49ers JV squad had in that Thursday night football game against the Packers. That being said, this Packers team, I think on the defensive side of the ball has the horses. And this is a game where I think you look at, that improvement in their run defense since really that Dalvin cook game that Jimmy just mentioned really comes into play because in order to beat this Rams team, I think that's how you do it. And if you look at it, Seattle's defense really did do well. And what I think bodes well for this Packers team from a pass rush standpoint, Carlos Dunlap power pass rusher. You guys know this as well as anybody. How does the Smith win pass rushing Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, they win with power. They're not speed rushers off the edge like Brian Burns. I think they can bully these offensive tackles and get into Jared Goff's face. And I think the Packers have some advantages on the interior as well with guys like Kenny Clark rushing the quarterback. You know, I'm a little disappointed that 
Kingsley Kiki may not be able to go just because I think with Austin Corbett and David Edwards and Austin Blythe, the Packers have the potential ability to get after some of these guards. But that's where I think guys like Z and Rashawn could potentially wreak some havoc is if they get into those third and medium, third and longs to get after Jared Goff, who is prone to tap dancing in the pocket. And he's kind of a statue. And I really do. I think the quarterbacks that tend to give the Packers the most trouble especially the, against Mike Pettin's defenses, are the ones that make the quicker decisions, guys like Tom Brady, or guys that can move. Jared Goff is neither one of those things. So I think the Packers have a distinctive advantage against this quarterback for several reasons, and I would really be surprised if Jared Goff is able to beat them, but I really would like to see Mike Pettin dare them to do so. Let's go to the secondary side of things, guys, because the Rams do have some really nice weapons as pass catchers if they are able to force them to win that way. If you look at their receivers, obviously Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson was a draft favorite for some. Robert Woods was a popular trade target this offseason for Packers fans. And then Cooper Cup is a phenomenal slot receiver for the Packers, or excuse me, for the Rams against this Packers team. How do you see McVay trying to target this Packers passing defense? Because you know Jair Alexander is obviously not going to shadow, but the Rams do a lot of similar stuff to the way the Packers run their offense. Jair Alexander obviously is going to take away somebody. And if you were choosing Mike Pettin's side of things, which receiver would you tell him is the guy that you have to take away? Maggie, I'll start with you. Uh, I think normally I'd say Cooper Cup, but I'm going to flip it this week and say Robert Woods just because Cooper Cup is kind of dealing with that knee injury. And it does sound like he'll be playing regardless, but if he's at all limited in the cold, I don't want to you know, use the weather against him by any stretch, but it does seem like that could be kind of an issue for him dealing with that. And I don't know if that will make him slower or just kind of make the knee flare up a little bit as it could in the cold, but I think Kevin King on him makes a little bit more sense this week. And, you know, with this Rams offense, they run the most play action of any team in the NFL. So I think that's, you know, another element here is with Cam Akers and he kind of really sets up that play action for them really well. So seeing how the Packers defense can kind of neutralize some of those weapons in that passing game when Jared Goff is, of course, forced to throw the football. Jimmy, Maggie mentions that play-action game. Do you think this could potentially be a big game for some of those linebackers like Chris Barnes, Christian Kirksey, staying disciplined in that play-action game to keep that middle of the field at least somewhat clogged up to where Goff doesn't have these huge windows? Because even if he has a broken thumb, if his window is gigantic and he has these guys just running free in the middle of the field, it doesn't matter if it's you and I in the – well, okay, maybe it might matter. It matters. It matters. Hey, Maggie, I'm real athletic. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's Mitchell Trubisky back there throwing the ball. It will make things a lot easier if he's got guys running free in there. But what's your thought on these linebackers having to stay disciplined against that play-action passing game? Yeah. It's a young – we have young linebackers right now. Besides Christian Kirksey, we have players like Chris Barnes who um, – undrafted coming into this year Kamal Martin again he hasn't get, gotten a lot of snaps lately but it's going to be a big test they're they're going to be in a big atmosphere as well in the playoff game they're going to have to make sure that they're not allowing these wide receivers or even running backs wide open space in that middle field especially as Maggie mentioned a dangerous re- receiver like Robert Woods he's one that if he catches it in the open field he can make people miss and we've seen we've seen problems with tackling before so that's definitely something I'm nervous about. It's going to be a big key to making sure we slow down this uh, 
this Rams offense, but making sure, like you said, stay disciplined, don't bite on the play action because they lead, they lead the league in uh, play action plays. Uh, I was looking at that this week and Packers are like ninth and the Rams lead the league. So they're, it's definitely gonna be something that's utilized in this game. McVay's been known for his play action. So, yeah. And if we're talking about concerns, so if you talk about what concerns you the most in, in the Rams offense, I think mine is that eventually at some point, yes, Cam Akers is going to make some plays, but I do think the Packers are going to be able to limit him. At some point, it's going to come down to quarterbacks having to make plays in big spots, third downs, red zone type plays, stuff, excuse me, gold zone type plays, stuff like that. My biggest concern is the fact that if you look at, for example, if Green Bay were to take on Seattle in the postseason. Jair Alexander matches up very well with Tyler Lockett, and Kevin King's skill set matches up well with DK Metcalf. There isn't really a receiver on this Rams roster that you look at and say, Kevin King matches up well with that guy. And I think that's somebody that Sean McVay will have circled on his little list and say, that's who we want to target is number 20. And I think he is a huge X factor for this game on this Packers defense. Because when Kevin King is good, and there are spurts of that, despite what Twitter may want you to believe there are spurts when he is good. And when he's good, this Packers secondary is as good as any in the entire national football league. When he's not in the passing and the running game, it really is a struggle and he gets picked on and it really is a big problem when that does happen. And if you look at those guys, I mentioned, if the Rams are able to play that 22 personnel with Higby and Everett as their tight ends and throw guys around like cup, and uh, Robert Woods, obviously, out there. Neither of those guys are good matchups for Kevin King. Josh Reynolds, kind of the same mold. Not somebody that King can really get his hands on and be that big physical receiver. They excel on those in-breaking type of routes that give King trouble. So that is one of my concerns on, on the defensive side of the ball, is King better have his chin strap ready and ready to play. And I think the Rams will attack him in the running game as well. And that's something that you've seen. Carolina did it. Tennessee tried, but it didn't go as well for them. And Chicago kind of tried it, but their offense is just horrendous. I, it's amazing that in 2021, an offense can be as bad as that one is. But kudos to them, and God bless the McCaskey family and Ted Phillips, the gift that never ceases to give. But that's not why you're here either. Uh, Maggie, what is your biggest concern on the Packers' defense this week going against this Rams offense? I don't know if I'd call it like my biggest concern. I think honestly, the biggest one is, you know, kind of that Kevin King matchup that you already talked about, but Jared Goff and I guess any quarterback that's been in for the Rams this season, historically this year, the Rams offensive line is not giving up a ton of sacks. They're a pretty good offensive unit. And one of the ways, you know, we talked about to win this game for the Packers is to rattle Jared Goff and not give him a lot of time to get comfortable in the pocket because if he can, I think that he, again, is serviceable enough to get the job done. We've seen him have some really good seasons, and this, of course, has not been one of those years for him, but I think he can do enough for this offense. We saw him take some shots against Seattle, and it worked out pretty well. Obviously, they won that game, so you know this is a Packers front seven that needs to kind of get after him and keep him rattled, especially if the Packers are in any situation where it's a close game, which... You know, I think that's kind of what we want to see again is take away their opportunity to run the football effectively if they're down two scores and have to turn to the air. But then what does that do is you need to generate some pressure with your pass rush. And obviously we know that the guys can do it, but 
this, the Rams offensive line, I think has given up 25 sacks this season and the Packers offensive line that we've heralded and deservedly. So has only given up 21 sacks. So it's a pretty good offensive unit for the Rams. And I think we just need to see them get pressure on golf. A good unit that got Andrew Whitworth back last week, and he'll be another week removed from that injury too. So getting your stud left tackle back, it's like a nice trade-off for the Rams going into this game, considering the Packers just lost theirs. Jimmy, apart from King, what is, I mean, because obviously I think that's going to be a, a main concern for any, you know, any observer on this game, but what's your concern for this Packers defense going into a game against this Rams offense? Yeah, my big concern right now is just going to be containing the edge on these on these runs. Uh, I'm looking at Cam Akers, his run direction, and uh, on 40 attempts to either the left tackle or right tackle, he's has he's averaging just under six yards per carry. And uh, with Kenny Clark and Snacks in the middle, where we might be most vulnerable for those runs are towards the Darius Smith and Preston Smith, who are great pass rushers, but sometimes struggle on the run uh, in run defense. So just containing that edge and making sure that we're not allowing cam makers to break off big runs. He's had four over 10, four runs for 10 plus yards going in that direction. And that's where his big, uh, his long of the season of 61 yards came from. So making sure that we're not allowing those creases for him to make those big plays, which will uh, hurt the Packers. Something they have done a better job with since the improvement in this run defense. Rashawn Gary certainly been a big part of that. Zadarius and Preston as well. I think they've especially that you can point to the game against Derrick Henry as something the Titans made a concerted effort to attack the edges. And I think they did a really good job at containing those guys. And the Bears did that as well. And they contained David Montgomery uh, on plays like that as well. So I look forward to that matchup. I think that's something we could see that as well. Uh, we're short on time, guys. So. Saturday, 3.30, it's at Lambeau Field. The Packers will be taking on the Los Angeles Rams. I want to know who wins and why, and I want to know if you do have Green Bay advancing, who do you have them playing next week for the NFC title? Jimmy, I will start with you. Um, I think we're going to – We're yeah, I'm going with the Packers. In the playoffs, I'm not, not going to vote against them. Uh, I'm going to go Packers. I, I still think we put up points on this team. I'm going to say Packers 31, Rams – uh, Rams 24. I think our offense, yeah, we're playing the best defense, but we also have the best offense. So people are just overlooking that little part of our offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. We're, we've gotten hot. I think we're going to advance, and I actually think we're going to play the Buccaneers. Um, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season, uh, and the Saints, I still don't think Drew Brees is really – all healed up from that injury. And I think uh, the Buccaneers are going to get that revenge game. Come to Lambeau. We get our revenge to, to head to the Super Bowl. Hey, I have the Packers advancing 27, 21. Um, and I think that the saints will be coming to town. And as Perry Goldstein put it on packs, what she said, um, I can't wait to see vanilla pudding arm drew Brees slinging it <laughs> in the cold. So <laughs> I, I don't know where she got that. I love it. But yeah, give me Packers over or, you know, playing the Saints in the NFC Championship game. That is way better than noodle arm. So I appreciate that one. Uh, so thank you, Perry, for that. That uh, made my night. Thank you for that. <laughs> I like the Packers. I also like them to put up points. Here's my one of my favorite stats I found today. It was from Scott Caxmar. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Scott Caxmar. The number one scoring defense is six and one in the Super Bowl against number one scoring offenses. That's in the Super Bowl. In earlier playoff rounds since 1970, that number one defense is three and five in such matchups. And the Rams are arguably 
the worst offense of all those defensive teams at this point. And the Packers have a better defense than some of those offensive teams that we just mentioned. I like Green Bay. I think we've heard all season long that they can't put up points against a good defense. They've done it against Indianapolis. Really, the only game their offense has struggled uh, for one half against Carolina, which was kind of a weird game. And then obviously the Tampa Bay game where anything that could have gone wrong did. And I think that was it. But otherwise, I think the Packers can put up points against this team as long as they can block Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. And I think they'll be able to do that just enough. And Aaron Rodgers, I know Russell Wilson is better at escaping, but Aaron Rodgers' pocket presence is much better than Russell Wilson's is. So I think his ability to escape and find guys will be better than Wilson's was against this pass rush. So I like Green Bay to win. I like them to cover the spread of six and a half points. I like them 31 to 20 advancing to the NFC Championship game, which of course will be at Lambeau Field to take on, as Maggie mentioned, the New Orleans Saints. I like the Saints defense a lot more than I like Tampa Bay's, even if I do think Tom Brady is a much better quarterback at this stage of his career than Drew Brees is. But I look forward to seeing the Saints come to Lambeau and as mentioned by our friend and colleague, Perry Goldstein, the vanilla pudding arm trying to sling the ball at Lambeau Field here next week. So we all like the Packers to advance. Uh, real quick, guys, let's just uh, 10 seconds or less. Who do you like in the AFC games? Maggie? Um, absolutely the Browns because I'm not a trader and the Bills. Browns and Bills. Okay. Jimmy? So sorry, Maggie. Chiefs and Bills. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, Chiefs and Ravens. I like the Ravens to win that game. So we're out of time, guys. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Jacob Westendorf. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. Uh, Packer Report once a week and pretty much everything at Game on WI on Twitter. Maggie? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. I podcast with Perry Goldstein doing Packs with Cheesehead. And you can catch us both on Mondays through Game on Wisconsin Happy Hour. And two more Victory Monday, three more Victory Mondays, excuse me, that we are certainly hoping to have for <laughs> us this season. Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. Um, article every Tuesday for Pack Report, Lombardi's Bar on Wednesdays, Pack a Day Thursday, and then pre snap over on Game on Wisconsin um, as well. If you didn't check out the episode with Jamal Williams and the rest of the running backs yesterday, um, or Tuesday, go ahead and check that out over at Game On. It was a great episode. Probably the best uh, show we've had on uh, with Jamal. So check that out if you haven't yet. Just a reminder, Jimmy and I beat them at Trivia. So yeah, in just, their face. Yeah, throwing that one out there. But thanks for joining us, guys. We will see you guys next week, hopefully previewing an NFC Championship game against either the Saints or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Enjoy another fun-filled weekend of the NFL. Enjoy it while it's here because we only have three more weekends of football. The, this is the last weekend of more than one game on each day. So enjoy that as long as you can. Enjoy the weekend. Packers-Rams, Saturday, 3.30. Enjoy the game. Go Pack Go.